This is The Basketball Show with Shane the Hammer Heel. What they gonna say next? Yes, we are very excited for another episode of The Basketball Show brought to you by TCL Mobile 2K and Bet with Joel. Joel and Hammer with you as always. Hammer, how are things? I'm back, Jojo. I'm back. Love I'm... the fact that we're both in the studio together. Yep. It feels like it's been a while. Seven days ISO. I'm done with the whole family, lots of our team, ready to get back. How are you it. feeling? I feel pretty good. Pretty good, but I don't have to get in the court, so it doesn't really matter. I'm just barking orders and all the rest of it, so a little bit out of breath, but uh, probably because I'm unfit. All right, well, let's uh, get straight into it. We're going to stay on the topic of COVID as we go in the spotlight. Well, we've seen the impact that it has had on a couple of the teams, especially like the Phoenix were a great example the other night. Uh, We'll get to them in a second, but what about from your perspective uh, as a coach trying to deal with balancing really what is the unknown? Well, I think what makes it hard is there's just no guideline to say okay this is how you have to handle it and our last game for the flames is on the 23rd of december and our next game is the 20th of january so a month you add christmas break into that and then quarantines and everything else so the way we've handled it is we've tried to go slowly out of quarantine and just listen to the players about what feedback how they're feeling Mm -hmm. and gradually building them up but within that month the amount of hard sessions that we truly will have had would have probably been four or five yeah. Um, in between that month's games. Other times we're shooting and everything else. Um, so there's going to be rust and, you know, it leads us to the Phoenix. Is a month between games, even if you didn't have COVID and didn't have Christmas, you would be rusty. You're going to have these sort of performances. We saw that with Brisbane. You know, yeah. when they came yeah. back after COVID, they didn't have a month between games, but you could see they weren't at their best. They lost that game, I think, to New Zealand. Then they've been able to bounce back against a team that has been bedridden. And, and the thing about COVID is that some of our players were hit really hard yep. and other players had the sniffles. Everyone's well, different. That's what was revealed the other night. Someone like a, a Ryan Brokoff who was who was really struggling but had only been out of isolation for, what, 24 hours or something. I spoke to Luke Travers the other day and he was actually one of the worst hit from the Perth camp where he said some of his teammates were absolutely fine. But he got out of ISO on Saturday and they're not playing until tomorrow night. So he at least has a couple of extra days just yep. to test the water and see how he is. And then even we've had one hard training session and some players reacted differently to that hard training session. Yeah. So we've had to do that and then have a full day recovery and then try and go again and build that up. But um, there's no textbook that's given to us to be able to say this is what you have to be able to follow. And, you know, hopefully game by game we get better. But we're walking into five games in 10 days. So from a player's and coach's mentality, we just want to be able to play roll it out Um, but there's going to be some cobwebs no doubt about that like we saw with Phoenix. Yeah tough one to navigate we are now about to navigate our TCL starting five. And to kick us off it is Delhi Delight. Um, I was at that game yesterday 33 points, 7 of 11 from shooting. First time he's ever hit seven threes in a professional game, NBL or NBA. I'm not joking. Every time he, he dropped one, the first couple you go, oh, wow, Delhi's having a, 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 himself a game. And then the next time he hit another one and the next time, you didn't really know what to do. You'd look at the person standing next to you and you go, are we, are we actually 
witnessing this. This is crazy. I think Cope said in commentary, he goes, is this Chris Golding wearing a Delhi's jersey? Well, you know I'm the president <laughs> of the um, Delhi fan club. Oh, absolutely. But, but when the scores came through to the Kings game of how many points that Delhi had, I'm like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> they're starting to count warm-ups in half time. There's no way that Delhi's only – he's only had double figures one time so far this year. We know what he provides is more than the scoring, but oh, my. Goodness. It, well, he had nine dimes as well. He just he just was having himself a game uh, and a really good game down there. You know, the other thing is, I cannot believe that Chris Golding hasn't had 33 points in a United jersey. That's the hot. What Daly had is the highest ever for somebody. Really? Yes. Chris has not done that. He's not done that. It blew me away. Did for the Melbourne Tigers, but not for United. That that's blows a, that's, me that's away. That's surprising. Okay, let's keep things moving uh, with a bit of love for New Zealand. They did have a loss we to. Have to. They did have a loss to United, but then a, an important win over the Kings. And the way they ended that game was pretty impressive. You were there. 18 to 1 finish. Mm. And, and before this game, they'd only won one last quarter for the entire season, but so had the Kings. I'm just happy that Matt Walsh wasn't there to be trying to give it to Paul Smith because that might have got <laughs> ugly. That might have got ugly. But, you know, let's give them a little bit of love. They've brought both Americans. Uh, off the bench. Seaver and Martin, I thought, were fantastic. They went to them down the stretch. They played the middle pick and roll. Kings didn't have any answers. Um, and both players were really good. And, you know, Drewy was suggesting in the commentary that maybe some of the next stars have got it in their contract that they have to start. And I don't know whether that's the oh, case or not, okay. but he was suggesting that. I'm not sure that he knows. Maybe yeah. it's speculation. Maybe he's heard a little bit more than what he's prepared to go uh, officially on, but um, you know they they still play starters minutes, Seaver and, and Martin, but both are starting to really fine tune and start to look good. They, you obviously mentioned the fact that they were good. I'm pretty sure only five players scored for the Breakers yesterday. Just looking at the box score, did it feel like that watching it, or were they giving yep. enough on the court in other well, areas? Finn Delaney stepped up. He was only averaging 12 points a game. I'm a massive fan of Finn Delaney. Mm -hmm. He was a man, but you could see that he was committed. He got an offensive rebound in the last quarter, put it back in, gave everybody the flex. It was like, here we go, jump on, and we're going to get this done. But between Siva Martin and Finn Delaney, they carried the bulk of the scoring. But I actually like that because they're going to those players. Everybody else sort of fit in around that. They had a, a, a source that they were going to, you know, where they knew they were going to get their points. And the, the Kings probably lacked a little bit of that. It seemed very equal opportunity. You know, no doubt that some of the Kings players are on limited minutes. They, they refused to talk about it, the Kings. I tried to get how many minutes each player were allowed, but I felt like that really hurt their opportunity to sort of flow within that game, particularly at the scoring end. Yeah, hopefully for their sake they can bounce back. Uh, focusing a little bit of NBA now, Nikola Jokic, last, last season's MVP. Uh, the ESPN did a, a rankings towards the end of last year, December, and he wasn't in the top five players in the NBA as the MVP. Nah, questionable. Yeah, exactly. Um, didn't, have, didn't have a Christmas Day game. Where is the, the disrespect for, for Jokic coming Well, he, from? his coach came out and yeah. said that he's been disrespected, yeah. but that's his job. That's what a coach has to be able to do, to say he's an unbelievable player. He's carried our team. We love him. We believe in him. The fans do. The city does. So they have to be able to pump him up. But when you're playing on a small market team, this is a natural is, thing. Is that it's, it's the the small market? You think? I think so. And he's European, and you know, the, the, you know, naturally the NBA and the fans and commentators want to pump up the Americans. Um, but everyone in the basketball world knows how valuable he is. He's mm. a superstar. Yeah, and still putting up some pretty Great impressive numbers. numbers as well, averaging 25, 14, and eight 
so far this season. Superstar. He, he's top five player, really, don't worry when, about you, that. when you think about it. Um, talking about top five players, KD sidelined for the next four to six weeks Ooh. with a knee injury against the Pels. Luckily, I, I suppose there's the all-star break there, so they're looking at the end of February, but they will be conservative with him given his recent history of injuries. Yeah, as long as they can finish in the top four, it actually becomes a little bit of a blessing because okay. he's carried a lot of the load with Irving out and all the rest of it. So he gets his break and then he'll finish the season with a Thank flight. God they've got the real superstar there in Paddy Mills. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. How good has <laughs> well, Paddy been? He's been great this we, we, We've got the ability to throw Paddy into any segment. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we actually do. do. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Um, all right, Russell Westbrook uh, admits he's at times, you know, not shooting particularly well. Where do the woes come from? I'm. There are lots of players out there that don't shoot the ball well occasionally. I'm wondering whether, yeah. because when he does miss, they're, they're proper bricks. Like is that, that ugly? Is that is that what gets that little bit of extra criticism? I don't know what it is. I think so. I, I, I'm trying I, to think I, about it. I, I, I'm, I find it hard to like his game altogether. I think his decision-making, he's not seen as a high IQ player because he's always just used his athleticism. So he's off to the races, he's making decisions, he's frantic, he doesn't play with any sort of poise. Mm -hmm. Then when he shoots up bricks, um, he's hard to sort of, I think he's hard to place in a system that's going to be successful for me. Mm -hmm. um, particularly when you can't spread the floor because he can't shoot the ball. Um, but just hasn't found a way to be able to get any sort of rhythm. His turnovers has been bad. He had six game stretch where he didn't make a three point shot. Um, shooting the ball at eight for 40 over a stretch as well. And when you're not a shooter and you've got that athleticism mm -hmm. and you're normally attacking the ring, then uh, that's a pretty poor percentage. It's not a good sign for the Lakers for no. the rest of the season, is it? Hasn't been a good sign from the start. From the time they announced him, it hasn't been a good sign. Trade. What could they get for him? Well, there was, okay, so we'll talk about it. Ben Simmons. They've sh the Lakers have shut it down, but they are already... The Lakers shut it. The they've Lakers, already started talking about trading Russ. The Lakers would do like that in a heartbeat. Months, if they could months. get... Simmons, they would do that in a heartbeat from one non-shooter to another. We have until the 10th of February. Do yeah. you think anything will happen with Simmons? Well, It's like, yeah. what, three weeks away? I mean, away? Philly is sitting back now going, ah, oh, it doesn't worry. Look at us. We're smelling <laughs> yeah. good now because <laughs> we're Joel, on a roll. Joel Embiid said the other day that we are, we're perfect the way we are. So It'd be like Ben Hu. Yeah, suggested ben that. Hood. Just another little kind of so, nudge towards him. Yeah, they've come out on the right side. <laughs> All right, let's keep things moving. Yes, we are going in-depth thanks to 2K this week with a very special guest. We have Spurs and Boomers big man Jock Landau with us. Jock, thank you so much for being on the basketball show. Before we get into the actual basketball itself, I've got to say congratulations to, to you and Indy over there getting engaged and the, the new edition of The Pup as well. You must be loving life. Yeah, no, it's been a bit of a whirlwind for the past uh, week or so, but... Um, haven't really had a whole a whole lot of a chance to kind of soak it in. We had some family and friends out in New York whilst it was all going down, but we kind of got a India got a call from from the uh, the NBPA lawyers who have been helping her, helping us out with her case, and um, they pretty much told us, "Hey, pack your bags, you're going to Canada to get your visa." Now that you know we have a bit more proof of uh, of us being you know formally together, so um, yeah, we have we really haven't seen each other a whole lot since it happened, and we're on the road, you know, kind of battling it out in New York with those two powerhouses for for the time. So she gets back in tonight, and I'm I'm excited for her to get back so we can kind of celebrate a little bit more. 
Well, congratulations on your season so far, mate. Can you take us back to at the start? Back here, we were a bit frustrated. You weren't playing a lot, which is traditional for an international player at the start. But then you've started now and you had a double-double and things are looking great. Yeah, it was a... Uh... It was a bit of a challenging time, to be honest. Um, I'd never really experienced, you know, being that far back on a bench, to be honest. I think even at St. Mary's, I was a backup behind a guy who was playing 38 minutes, but at least I was, you know, I wasn't the third or fourth string. I was I was in the mix a little bit, but, um, you know, I think it was a little bit of bad luck. Uh, I didn't necessarily have a great training camp. I, uh, I wasn't, you know... Uh, I wasn't bad, but I wasn't, you know, my, my normal self, my, my, my Olympic self. But, you know, as you know, it's kind of, it is tough to adjust to a new style and a new team and you're learning all the concepts. Concept. So, you know, first year guys are going into training camp can be rough. And then as games started to come along and, and uh, you know, we made it through training camp and the preseason started, I was feeling really good. I felt as though I was having... Um, some success out there and, and in the minutes I was out there the scoreboard was ticking in the right direction and I was you know able to kind of make an impact on the game and I was feeling really confident and good and then and, you know the concussion happens which is just like crap luck and then you know come back and two weeks later I get hit with COVID which at the time wasn't five days it was um, you know it was a full 14 so I just you know kept getting pushed further and further back which is really frustrating and tough to deal with and you know, I was in my head, I was sitting in an apartment by myself for pretty much six weeks straight, um, just trying to figure out how, where to go from here and, you know, if they would even give me a chance. And, you know, that's genuinely what I was thinking at that point in time. And, um, you know, luckily I just kind of was patient and stuck it out. And and, uh, and then, you know, I, I couldn't really get back in there, uh, even in, into the lineup, even though I felt like I was doing everything right and the three on threes and all that stuff you have to do if you're not playing. And, uh, and then the blessing in disguise kind of happened that was the G League. And, um, you know, that, that assignment for two games was, uh, you know, so it's a bit of like a, it's a bit of a hit to the ego and it kind of gives a bit of a reality check. But all in all, like without those two games, I wouldn't, wouldn't even be close to getting this chance. So, um, you know, I was just, I was lucky I went down there and managed to do what I did. And uh, from there, it was kind of just, you know, one game I sat on the bench again and then it was all, all good hands on deck and just been getting after it since then. It's all going in the right direction, which we love to see for you. You mentioned the fact that it was pretty tough, though. Who are you speaking to over there? Who are you leaning on in those situations to sort of help you through those moments? Uh, well, you know, for India, you know, my, my fiance, she's huge. Uh, she kind of gives me a, an unbiased opinion and, and you know, helps me see things in a, in a real world and big world picture. And, and I think that's really important whilst we're kind of wrapped up in this bubble that is, you know, basketball and being in the NBA where, you know, sometimes reality can get a little bit clouded. So she's able to kind of bring me back down to earth and tell me, hey, you know, things aren't that bad. And that's kind of become, you know, the, mod the motto is it, it could always be worse. And, um, you know, I will. I also have the the, the sports psychologist over here uh, who helps me a lot, Hillary. She's uh, she's been massive. You know, she's been massive in helping me set goals and kind of take my focus off minutes and opportunity, uh, especially early on in the piece. When early on in the piece, when I wasn't getting a chance, it was it was a lot of chatting to her about okay, how can we shift the focus to make sure whilst I'm not you know on court necessarily going in the right direction. 
um, you know, I'm in the weight room, I'm, I'm putting up shots and, you know, testing myself against, uh, you know, challenges or drills or whatever you want to call it. And uh, those were kind of goals that we set. And, you know, luckily I exceeded them, you know, I think our initial, our initial goal was, uh, uh, was three minutes by the end of December or something like that. five minutes by the end of December. And by the end of January, it was 10. And, you know, now I'm already hitting that, you know, 15 to 20 mark. And, We've rejigged those goals a little bit, but yeah, it's, she's been huge and just you know helping me really focus on the on the little details rather than the big picture. It's funny you say that about the G League because when I was deep at the end of the bench for Minnesota, there was no G League, and I went and trained at lunchtime with all the office staff, five on five, and they banned me from doing anything because I just needed some game time. I'm trying to tear up these guys in the front office, and there was girls and guys and all the rest of it. They couldn't believe it. <laughs> but one one thing. Um, about the NBA that I always wished I had a mate next to me because you get on the planes and you see the guys are spoiled. It's unbelievable and the, the rock stars yeah. and everything else. What are some of the experiences that you've had so far? Yeah, I mean, I would just say that like, you know, coming from where I came from, having to come up through Serbia and, and do the Lithuania thing and then back to Australia, you know, it's all commercial flights and it's, you know, you, you're in a room with another bloke and a, and you know there's two single beds side by side and um you know now we're in suites with you know first class seating the whole way through our own plane and you know that kind of stuff just i really have to pinch myself on and and make sure i stay grounded and that's the great thing about you know being australian and i'm sure you can attest to this is your mates back home they they always keep you grounded if your head ever gets too big they're the ones who will kind of put you in check and you know, that's why I love my, my boys back home is they always always finding a way to bring me back down to And no American and accents, mate. No American <laughs> accents. Luke Longley's the greatest at that. I, 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 I have India over here so that I speak to her every day and I say, you cannot have American friends because if you get an American accent, I'm stuffed. We both need to make sure that we're relying on you to maintain your Aussie accent whilst I'm hanging out with all these Yanks. But, um, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no. You know, non, it's non-stop, uh, you know, pinching yourself. It's it's down to the smallest thing, you know. Extra socks, for example, whenever you need them. And it's like, you know, some guys wear their socks once and then chuck them in the bin. And I'm like, how? what are you doing? Like, yeah. it's unbelievable. Anyways, I'm, I'm constantly pinching myself. Uh, pop dinners, as, you know, a lot of people know, are, are world famous for, you know, the their extremity and you know how how big and flash they are and experience a few of those and it's uh you know nothing but the best wines and foods and it, again it's like how do you go back to you know a, a pub feed in australia well you know lucky you got your boys to bring you back down to earth so exactly um, right yeah I was going to say about your boys, melbourne united they've won six straight have you had a chance to see any of their games this season yeah, no, I've seen a few. I mean, I had to watch the Phoenix one, right? Uh, even though it was glorified for the wrong reasons, um, which I didn't necessarily mind. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I did watch that game and, uh, and I've enjoyed uh, watching them quite a bit. You know, I've got, uh, I want to check in on Jack White, who I think will be in the NBA at some point soon. And, um, you know, Bubbles is one of my good mates and, and you know, Delhi's back there now and then, Barlow and all those boys, you know, going going through and winning a championship with them last year. It's I have a serious amount of loyalty to Melbourne United and uh, always going to check up on them. And you know, as I said a couple of weeks ago on a podcast or something, I think Melbourne's got a really good chance of winning the whole thing again. So 
uh, I'm excited to see what they do and, and you know, they're going to continue to grow and it'll help if Delhi can keep hitting seven threes again. <laughs> it was very good. <laughs> well, um, mate, we're, we're proud of you back here and Australia is as well. And, uh, you know, listening to your story of, of having to do it tough and being able to come through the other side inspires a lot of people. So thanks for telling your story and uh, keep waving that Aussie flag with that Aussie accent, mate. Always, mate. Always, mate. I've, uh, I've got the medal here, so I'm always checking it out. And anytime I got people around at the house, it's, hey, have you seen this medal? Uh, I won that with Australia. So always representing. How good. How Love good. that. Thanks so much, Jock. Appreciate it. Cheers, guys. Breaking all the big news in basketball with Matt Logue. Hey, Maddie, hello to you this week. Uh, we'll get straight into it. The Kings are on the lookout for a new import after RJ Hunter went down with his knee on Thursday. Really terrible scenes and really unfortunate for him. What are the organisation doing as a replacement? Well, it looks like Joe and Shane, the Kings want uh, a wing or a guard to replace uh, RJ. They want a secondary ball distributor for Jalen Adams. Um, and they internally, they believe they're pretty close despite the market being tight. I'll get your take, Shane. Uh, I, I personally think I'd like to see the Kings go for a big. Um, as brilliant as Jarrell Martin is, uh, I think he's a four, not a five. I think he's great offensively, but defensively, um, there's some issues there. And I think we've seen that in the last two games against Illawarra in New Zealand. And uh, yeah, I'd like to see the Kings go for a big, but I'll, I'll get your take, Shane. I think they need to go for the best player available. I think they've got the flexibility to be able to go with a big or a wing. I think Martin and Cooks are going to play a lot of court time, so there's probably not a lot of space there as far as being able to get some benefits. But we know the market's tighter, but the Kings did say it started to open up a little bit compared to what it was a week or two ago. Good news for them. Uh, Matty, what about Sam Froling? He had a big game against the Kings the other day, held uh, a little more by United. But what's the latest in terms of him and and any NBA prospects? Yeah, well, after his big game against the Kings, my understanding is an NBA team got straight on the the blower to the Hawks to say, look, really impressed. Um, We just want to see him replicate that a a little bit more. As you said, Joe, um, Sam was a little bit quiet against United. Um, but against the Kings, he was awesome. And that was coming up against, you know, Darrell Martin. He's been in, in the NBA and he's got all the skills. He's got all the ability in the world, Sam, um, uh, undrafted in 2020. Uh, and, and my understanding is that he, you know, he won't really put himself up. The draft is not really an option again. But uh, NBA is something that he wants, but NBA teams just want more. Well, I, I think he's an NBA player and he's with the right coach. Brian Gorgian will make sure that Sam Froling's playing in the NBA. He's young. We just spoke to Jock Landale. You know, he's gone through Lithuania, Serbia, all the rest of it. It takes time for these bigs to be able to develop. He's on the right track. Gorge is very close to New York. It wouldn't surprise me if that's the team that he's in contact with. And uh, I've got no doubt it's only time. And what about, Maddie? the Opals? They're off to Serbia, but there might be a little bit of political tension there. Poor whole Novak Djokovic situation with his deportation. And let's just say the Serbia Serbian government are not happy. So, yeah, the Opals do travel for um, some pre-World Cup qualifying games. And um, there is some, you know, Basel Australia just want to make sure that their, that their visas are correct and everything's right because the Serbian government are not happy. And if they want to take it out on someone, at the moment it will be Australia. But the bigger issues here, Shane, as Shane knows, like, 
if any, you know, for any Opals players chosen that also play in the WNBL coming back from Serbia in the current COVID times is, is, is going to be a bit of a concern with, with quarantine and it'll have a bigger impact on the WNBL moving forward. Oh, there's no doubt about that. So uh, most teams are going to be affected in some sort of way and at least lose one game. And we don't know what happens when they come back, whether there's any further quarantines with certain states, things like that. So it's going to be disruptive. But the Opals have got the World Cup this year, whereas the Boomers have it the following year. So um, they're sort of under a little bit of time pressure. So I get it as well. All right, let's keep things moving, Maddie. Stay with us. There's been some movement on the NBL tipping ladder. We'll get to that next. As we always do, we'll begin this segment with a look at the leaderboard. Hammer, director Dave and I have joined you at the top of the ladder. We are coming for you big time. D-Ruck and Maddie, you're a point behind, so a little bit of work to do to catch up. Adelaide and Perth is the first game this week. Tipping off tomorrow night, Derek, I'll come to you first. Who have you got in that one? Wow, I don't even know why we're dealing with this game right here, Joe. We've seen what happens now when teams are coming back off an extended break. Adelaide's going to get slaughtered by the Wildcats in this game, Hammer. Oh, wait a minute. You coming back. Your WNBL team is coming back after an extended break this week, right? Yep. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. I know, D-Rock with the, the troll there. Um, I'm not sure anyone disagrees with you there, Derek. I think Perth will get the win. Uh, next up, Hammer, will come to you, though. It's the Breakers hosting the Jack Jumpers. Well, the Breakers look good against the Sydney Kings, so I'm going to have to be on them again. I think with the uh, backcourt combination of Seaver and Martin, uh, I thought Finn Delaney was fantastic as well. So if the big three can really produce again, they're going to start uh, producing a few wins as well. And uh, a question for Derek Rucker. Have you been in South Australia? It looks like you've brought back the uh, the South Australian goatee over Christmas. <laughs> Don't worry about my don't worry about my styling. I'm getting professionally groomed up here. I would give a shout out to my man, but I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to be like homicide. <laughs> uh, Brisbane and Sydney have got a, a mini series this weekend. Uh, they're playing home and away. Maddie, first up, it's up in Brisbane. Who have you got in that one? Yeah, guys, uh, the, the Bullets. The, 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 I think the Bullets have put on a score here. I think the Kings are struggling. Uh, injuries all over the place. And the, particularly the Bullets at home. Uh, Lamar Patterson, Robert Franks and Nathan Sobey. They'll, they'll have a field day and, and I think they'll win this one easily. Tough to argue on, on this one at the moment <laughs> with the uh, minutes restrictions for the Sydney Kings. Just can't seem to get any flow going at the moment. So uh, I'm even going to have to go against my Kings as well. Uh, Derek, you've got the Adelaide goatee. Does that mean you're tipping them for the upset against United? I can't go that far, Joe. I... <laughs> You know, they're definitely going to be better, but I just can't see them being United. United, I don't even think they've really hit their mark yet, but they're still they're accumulating wins, right? And we know what's going to happen once they get it all together. And look, I think Adelaide, once they get some games coming, they're going to go on a run here with a lot of games in a little period of time, and they're going to be good by the end of this month, but, but not this weekend. I'm pretty sure everyone will be going for Melbourne in that one as well. The next game is probably a, a flip of the coin. Illawarra hosting Perth. Uh, Hammer, who have you got in that one? Well, it's definitely a flip of the coin. I'm going to go with Illawarra. I expect them to be able to bounce back a little bit. And I think with the more games that they play after going through that COVID period over Christmas, then they're going to continue to show the form that most of us expect they're probably going to be a top two or three team come the end of the season. So uh, it could be proven wrong. Perth Wildcats are talented, but uh, I think they might bounce back the Hawkies. 
D-Rock, Maddie, who have you guys got in that one? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Illawarra. I'm not really convinced. Um, look, they still have periods, Matt, where they just can't score the ball. Yesterday went really flat at a crucial point in the game, and uh, you know that's kind of a kind of a trademark of Georgian teams over the years that they find a way to defend themselves defend themselves out of jams and get W's. But you know it's gonna be a really tough game down there. I think I yeah, might be the only one that's gone for Perth in that game, tipping tipping the upset. Uh, Maddie, Sydney hosting Brisbane this time around. Are you changing the tune there and going for the Kings? I actually am. I think okay. a desperation. I, their season's on the line. Like, and I think um, back at home in Sydney, um, they've got a good um, record, and then I think they, they can do it. Um, it won't be easy, uh, particularly coming off a, a loss earlier in the round, but... Uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with them. I think Sydney need to be desperate in this one at home, and I think they will be. They'll probably need the win as well. Derek, Cairns uh, hosting the Breakers. It's a tough t- place to play, but Cairns won't have played for a little while. I just want to go back on that back-to-back Sydney-Brisbane set because I think it's going to be really hard for Brisbane to get two games in a row. Historically, those were really tough, Matt, and if Brisbane do get those two games, Hammer, they're a legitimate team, and they pretty much squashed Sydney's opportunities. But I'll touch on now, go up to Cairns. Cairns will beat New Zealand. Cairns look good up at home, and I think, you know, we've alluded to the problems that teams have when they go up there not being ready to play, and I don't think this is going to be any different. Cairns atop New Zealand. All right, finally, the Jack Jumpers and South East Melbourne. Hammer? Well, I expect South East Melbourne to be able to win one, this one just through pride alone. You can't go on the road and lose like they did to Brisbane and not bounce back. They've got way too much talent for a team like Tassie. Even though they're playing at home, we know they're better at home. I expect uh, South East Melbourne to crush them. Anyone tipping Tassie in that game? Not a chance. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, gents, thank you so much for that. We will check in with the leaderboard again next week. D-Rap, you are sticking around now for points made thanks to Bet With Joel. I want to ask both of you about the Celtics. They appear to be in the need of a rebuild. D-Rap, if that is the case, what needs to happen? What players need to be involved in, in trades and things in order to see that happen? Joe, I think they've really messed up the point guard position for a number of years now. Ironically, probably the best performance from the team's perspective has been when they had Terry Rozier back several years ago when Tatum and Brown were very young players. Now, they brought in a number of guys. They had Kyrie. They had Kimba. Now they've got Dennis Schroeder in there. None of those guys have been the answer. And I think now it's just the time to get a really steady point guard. Shane, a guy like Ricky Rubio, look what Rubio was doing for the Cleveland Cavs early in the season before he sustained his unfortunate injury. But I think that's the direction. I wouldn't be keen to trade Brown or Tatum just yet. Well, I'm with you. I agree with that. Uh, Tatum and Brown are two guys that you just have to hold on to. Marcus Smart's the one for me that they could get get rid of him. I think they. I think when you've got those three guys together, you need to move one on and, and smart somebody that potentially they could get something for. My question back to you, and you're the one that does all the trade values and all the rest of it. Can is it, have they got any other assets with Smart that could be done with for a Ben Simmons? That's the problem, and I think Philly would want either Brown or Tatum, and that's a killer decision to have to make. Otherwise, um, I think the Celtics may have one decent pick, but you're probably having to give up Smart. You're giving up Schroeder 
But with the with the development of Tyrese Maxey, well, why do the Sixers want Schroeder? All right. So then you start looking at the bigs and it becomes very complicated. And this is the quandary the Celtics find themselves in. And, you know, the problem with Shane with moving Marcus Smart is he's the soul of that club. He's their best defender. And it's just, man, it's hard when you're mediocre. It is so hard to get yourself to the next level. Yeah. You guys mentioned the 76ers there. Uh, They clearly are not struggling without Ben Simmons at the moment. I think they've won nine of their last ten games. They're playing some seriously good basketball. And look look relaxed and good out there. They do. They've started to find their roles now and feel really comfortable. They know Embiid's the big dog, so everything's going through him. He's really feeling it at the moment. And uh, I don't know whether this helps or hurts Philly, though, because now they become even more arrogant, being able to say, yep, things are rolling. We don't need Ben Simmons. We're not in a hurry to be able to make a trade. Uh, How do you see this situation, D? Wow, this is another tricky one, Shane, because... They can say, look, we're not going to be any worse off with Ben Simmons in the lineup than we are now because we've seen how Simmons has performed in the playoffs over the years. So maybe they're saying, you know what, let's run as we are, make the, mo- make the most out of it. There have been Tobias Harris discussions about being packaged with Ben Simmons, uh, the possibility of Atlanta doing something, but I don't know if that's going to happen now with the trade that's just occurred between the Hawks and the Knicks. But I like what the Sixers are doing now. I wouldn't get too hyped up about what they've done recently because they beat up on some real soft teams. But, you know, it's better than losing games, Hammer, as we know. Definitely. Uh, in terms of the Simmons trade, d can you see something happening before the 10th of Feb? I think, I think Philadelphia has to let go of the ego and not be as arrogant as you said, Shane, and make a move. Like Houston, Sacramento... Or I still think there's something that can happen with Atlanta to uh, to free a piece up. You know, I think Bogdanovich down in Atlanta, I don't think he's getting used as well as he could be. So I think those teams are more likely than, say, the Celtics, as, as we talked about earlier. Yeah, I don't think their success is actually going to help them, you know, get to the conclusion where they need to do a deal. Um, I think mm. it actually hurts them. They have been arrogant, and I think they're going to hold... Hold on to that. We are going to be on Simmons Trade Watch leading right up to the 10th of Feb. Derek, thank you so much for this week. We'll catch you next week. On your date. Thanks, guys. No problem. All right, that is all we've got time for for the basketball show this week. You've got a big week coming up Thursday. Yep. With the Flames. Finally we get to play I know. Again. And then I love this. The Kings are the curtain raiser for you girls. And so they should Sunday. be. You I girls. Did that. you say you girls? I did, yeah. Yeah, for us girls. Yeah. Um, and so they should be. So hopefully we get some fans hang around and uh, support our young stars. No, it'll be good. Uh, good luck for the game. Thank you guys for watching as well. Thank you to TCL Mobile, 2K and Bet with Joel. We'll be back next week. This is a co-production by News Corp Australia and Closer Sports.